Welcome to episode 16 of the Off The Waitlist podcast. I'm super stoked for you guys to hear from our next guest. Uh, she's super dope. Um, I adore her. I respect her so, so damn much. Someone that I work with and train with. Um, and someone that I call like my alter ego trainer because she's a badass. So without further ado, let me introduce Eva's Hot. Let's go. Um, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. I am. I'm like honored to be be doing this with you. I really am. I've listened to a few episodes and just like some really inspiring people that I admired that you had on here. Yeah, I've I've been extremely extremely lucky that you know people are willing to just give an hour to an hour and a half of their time just to talk to. Generally, I know everyone, but sometimes yeah. it's a sometimes it's just like a stranger. And uh, I've been fortunate enough for people to just give their time, like without anything in return, other than like sharing their story. So. Uh, yeah, I feel really, really lucky. Uh, is Luca asleep? He is, so like fingers crossed. <laughs> I mean, that it stays that way. I, Usually he's a good napper, but I'm mom duty, like on yeah. the day that I don't work pharmacy. So, um, you know, if he starts screaming, we might have a second guest. On yeah, here. I've had <laughs> I've had someone who's had a baby on for sure, an infant on. Yeah, um, and then I've also had someone whose bird was talking in the background and then I've had oh wow uh, okay yeah and then I've had like dogs in the background so it's all good we, we love it I have a dog too so if someone rings the doorbell it's gonna be chaos because Teak <laughs> is like he has a very aggressive sound like he like you know he sounds intense like it's scary when people ring our doorbell yeah but then like he's scared of everything including his own shadow so it's hilarious that is so funny you Um, just kind of have to let him do his dog thing (laughs) you know sometimes instinct takes over and you're just like all right that's cool yeah um well then since you've listened to a few episodes you know that i do my one minute intro i know i'm kind of nervous live story yes it's good. I love it when people are nervous. Well, you know I like to talk a lot, so it's that's like, true. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's 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 a short time for people who like to talk, uh, yeah. but that's what makes it great. Uh, I'll give you like a little flash when you have like fifteen seconds left, so you know, so you have an idea. Okay. Sound good. All right. On go. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one, go. So my name is Evis, not Ives. I'll start with that because no one, no one knows how to say my name. Um, and I am a first-generation immigrant. I was born in Sarajevo, Bosnia. Um, I've been in the States since I was four and a half years old. And I've kind of lived all over, but I came to Seattle by Wisconsin. Uh, that's where I went to undergrad and grad school and grew up and I started in the fitness realm because when I moved to Seattle, I didn't know anyone. I had never worked out really before. And I just started running 
Um, and then slowly that led to a friend recommending through ClassPass and Group Fitness that I trained to be an instructor at Slime Fitness. And then um, met Ashley, which introduced me to CSRD. And from there, things kind of kept coming up and opening opportunities and started my own little wellness thing as well called Ula and Us. You did so I good. Like, I was nervous. I was like, there's a lot. You did so good. You <laughs> packed in so much info there. Uh, a lot to unpack. <laughs> you, yeah. got, you got a lot to unpack. It's not um, a carry on. It's not a personal item. Yeah. It's, a, it's luggage. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like you're checking a bag in. Yeah. Let's start at the beginning like we always do. What were you like as a little kid growing up in Bosnia? Well, I actually, um, so the war started, I was born in 89, I'm 32. Uh, the war started there in um, early 1992, essentially. Um, and so my family fled uh, illegally as refugees and was in Istanbul, Turkey for two years before um, being accepted um, to come to the U.S. as alien citizens, or like not citizens, but as alien uh, immigrants. And so I... My earliest memories are from Istanbul, Turkey, where I did some like preschool there. I don't really remember Bosnia. I left when I, was. I don't remember that from growing up, but I do remember Istanbul, and I remember when we came to New York. That's where we, um, like many immigrants do, came to New York, and we were there um, initially before kind of moving around and settling down in Wisconsin. Um, so as a kid. Um, I think from having to move around so much, um, it's, it's kind of probably explains my personality a lot. Uh, I am very outgoing. Um, and growing up, I always felt like I was too much. And, I, and I've talked about that a lot in, um, with other friends, like too, I hate that word, right? Like think you're too much of anything. But I felt like I was too loud or too outgoing or too pa really comes from like being the new kid a lot. And also mm. being the new kid that didn't speak English to start with and had to do ESL and had parents with accents and different, you know, like I, I didn't get cold lunches. I had hot lunches that were like foreign food and just a very different um, uh, way of growing up, I think, than a lot of people do uh, traditionally. So I think that shaped a, a lot of who I am uh, even today. But I also like to share that like people I think always assume I've always been confident, but I wasn't. Like I wasn't confident at all. I was, um, but I think it was like being loud and outgoing was a way to like, cover that up, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, kind of like being outgoing on on the surface level, whereas having maybe more insecurities because of who I was on the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you want to put up this front of being self-confident whereas yeah. like, you're like but you know to be fair to you a lot of people will hold that internally as well so like you were trying mm -hmm. to make you were actively trying to make friends um yeah so I think that speaks a lot on your personality too is that you know like I could either pull back and not talk to no anyone mm -hmm. or I could try to make friends and you know practice English and and yeah and all that jazz um, wow, that's pretty crazy. When when did you settle? When did the family settle on Wisconsin? Like, and why Wisconsin? And why? Yeah, was it just like, like you know what sounds like a great spot, Wisconsin? Um, that's so funny. Uh, when my family first came to the U.S., we were in New York, Newark area. That's where um, my 
dad and uncle had second cousins, essentially like some family association, someone they knew, um, but they didn't have anything, right? They, they fled everything they knew twice. Um, like they started building a life in Istanbul and then fled again because that wasn't a place where they wanted to raise their kids. Um, and they were there illegally, like, you know, technically. Um, so uh, it's expensive to live on the East Coast. And when you come with, with nothing, and especially like they were told, like, you know, my dad always shares a story, like he is an electrical engineer um, and so is my uncle. And, you know, my family had educations back where they came from, but like coming to the U.S. as an immigrant, you have to start over. And some of those educations aren't recognized. And so cost of living, just like not being able to really afford, a, I think what they viewed as like a normal life, um, really drove them uh, to look elsewhere. And my dad, being an electrical engineer, uh, worked all over the U.S. because he works on power engineering. So he goes to these like big areas where there's like even like um, like power plants or um, up, he's been all the way up in like Thunder Bay, Canada, like working on coal mines and all of that. And so he traveled around a bunch and he ended up being in Wisconsin for some of his projects and work. And so it ended up like being the Midwest, you know, you hear about the Midwest, it's more affordable, like there's good schooling for us kids. Like it was a place where they felt like they could provide more if that, if that makes any sense versus like the coastal areas, yeah. you know, it would be a higher sure. cost of living. And when you don't have much, you're trying to make it work. Yeah. Your parents sound hella smart. <laughs> yeah I mean they really are and I owe a lot of who I am for everything they've done for our family I mean I can't imagine going what they went through they were like in their uh like they were they had me when they were 22 so they were what 26 years old doing mm. all this like it's mind-blowing when you yeah. think about that like I I was not doing anything like that at 26 yeah, years old for sure what when yeah. did you start to realize how much of a crazy childhood you had was it, did you realize it when it was going on? Like, this isn't normal or? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, well, one, I'll say like, you know, when you say it's not normal, like I work with refugees now and it's like, it's it's not normal for like the typical like American citizen that grows up. But like a lot of this country is refugees that mm. come from war torn areas, um, like whether it's Somalia, Ethiopia, Eritrea, um, Bosnia, where I'm from. Um, Albania, Kosovo, like, you know, you call it uh, Cambodia, mm. Vietnam, like a lot of people have lived that life, right? Um, but I knew early on it wasn't normal, right? Like I lived in a single family house with my aunt, uncle, cousins, my parents. Um, later, my brother was born in the U.S., the only true American citizen in our family. Um, and then like my grandparents, and then we always were helping other families. So we always had someone staying with us. And that was like, not a, it's not like we lived in a big house, right? So I grew up with a very full home and a full heart, but like that, that isn't like, you know, when friends would come over, like, it's like, oh, you live with your cousins and your grandparents and, you know, there's also someone else there. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's true because for like, for me, I would, I moved around with various aunts and uncles and it would be very similar, like cousins, mm -hmm. grand, grandparents, like your friend, your uncle's friend, who's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, like we, we just got to do what we got to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so you mentioned you have a brother. Do you have any other siblings? So like you said, like cousins and all that, my cousins, my two cousins are like my sisters because mm -hmm. we literally grew up either in the same room or in the same house or mm. on the same block. 
Um, so I view myself as being like a middle child, even though I'm technically the oldest with my brother. Mm. Um, so I have an older cousin, a younger cousin, who are like my girlfriends, my sisters, you know, and then my baby brother, he's the baby of the family. So. Yeah. What was, uh, what was young Evis into when she was a kid growing up in Milwaukee? <laughs> what was, what was she doing out there? Oh God. Um, you know, like normal kid things. Like if it, we, I mean, there's a lot. Like I don't know when you what you think about. Like when you think of a kid, but I think about like like before middle school. I think like elementary school stuff, and it's mm-hmm. like it was simple stuff. It's like I don't know, like playing with my cousins. We didn't have a lot, but we all had each other. And our dads, they still traveled a lot. They would. My uncle was really good at those. Do you remember those vending machine clocks? Yeah. Like where yep. you like put money in and you yep. try and get a stuffed animal. Um. So my uncle was really good and they didn't have a lot of money right they're saving all their money and but my dad and uncle traveled a lot together but he was good at that like he was i don't know if it's because they're engineers or what they were like he was very good at getting the stuffed animals out of the vending machines and so every trip they would come home with like a small suitcase of these stuffed animals and we always played vet veterinarian and lined them all up the stairs and like me and my cousins would take turns um playing doctors that is so cute um uh so like we didn't have like you know big grand things but it was just like little things like that and having each other and just like a lot of imagination yeah Um, but i i will say like my older cousin and i were like frenemies until now we're like really close and good friends but i think it was just like having like an older sister almost like she was like oh you're so annoying you're so Mm. needy you don't have your own friends um but i just looked up to her you know she was my like big sister um so like there, it's not like we had this lovely childhood where there was no drama like whenever you have four kids there's gonna be yeah. especially three of them being girls there's gonna be drama i feel you uh that <laughs> that's so funny because my dad was also you just brought in so many memories my dad was really good at that claw game too so he <laughs> would he would come home like every day with like a new stuffed animal i was like oh my god yeah. but but like you said we we used our imagination Lots of yeah. how, lots of house doctor, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> veterinarian. I love that veterinarian. <laughs> you know, like I remember very vividly, and we had like a house with like blue green teal carpet. Like it was like the nineties, right? Mm. Like, and I remember like the hallway. Like it's like mm. some things just stick. Yeah, right? like in your head. For sure. What, uh, what did you want to be when you were growing up? Um, two things. <laughs> A singer, which if you know me, I'm so tone deaf. Like, I even when I like sometimes say a lyric in class, I'm like, oh god, I'm like, let's, <laughs> like that didn't happen. Uh, I'm not you, Moses. Like, like we'll, we'll leave it at that. Like, there's no vocal talent here. Amazing. Um, and then a doctor for like being mm. healthcare, just like help. Like that started early on. Like I always used to say I wanted to be an anesthesiologist. Which I don't know what kind of weirdo I was like as a child thing. Like wasn't wow. like I want to be a pediatrician. It was yeah. I wanted to be an anesthesiologist. So, so specific. <laughs> Eight year old Eva's like I know exactly what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, amazing. When when did you start? finding out that you were athletic was it during your kid as an imagine using your imagination playing tag on the playground and everyone was like damn this girl's looking fast that is so funny (laughs) um so um i 
was not fit. I was not uh, active growing up. Um, my mom tried, like, you know, she put me into activities, like, with what she could. Um, and I will say, like, I did when we moved to Tennessee. So I lived in Tennessee for a couple of years before we moved back to Wisconsin. Like, I've lived everywhere. Oh, my um, goodness. And I did started tennis there, tennis in Tennessee. Oh, my God. And so, like, that's, like, the one sport that I, like, played from an early age. Mm. Like, probably I was, like, seven or eight years old when I when I started it. But I wasn't, like... And I never would have identified as an athlete or like um, being athletic or being good or naturally gifted. I actually used to get made fun of for running, um, like my form, how I looked through high school. Um, like when we had those like fit tests, like I barely passed. The only thing I was good at was like the flexibility. Remember when you had to like, yeah, yeah. For, like the wooden block? Like that was it. That was what I excelled at. Like I couldn't do. <laughs> like, damn. Else. She can't yes. do shit, yeah, but was, she can reach. Like literally, Moses, I, we had gymnastics in, I remember the seventh grade PE and we were like doing like tumbling. Uh, and I literally landed on my hand with my knee between the mats and broke two fingers. Like that was my athletic <gasps> skill set. Like that's where I was at. Like, so no, I, oh I didn't, was not was not an athlete, didn't run, didn't do any of that until I moved to Seattle. So, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, so, that's a super inspiring because when you tap into that so late in your life, and, and not that it's late, because, you know, we're still young. No. <laughs> yeah, we're still, like... Let's be real. We're still young out here. Okay. People, people listening. Uh, but to tap into that later on, like pre or post high school, post college, even Mm -hmm. it's a, and to tap into, I know the mentality that you have behind it. It's pretty wild. You, you're like, you're a lot like my buddy, Frank, um, who, was not an athlete whatsoever, but I'm, it makes me, it makes me like, and I'll race Frank now because like in my eyes, we're like even, mm-hmm. but I, I have to remember that I've had years of movement experience on him. Like he didn't start moving till he was mid twenties. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah. So I have to look back and be like, damn, y'all been only doing this for, a handful of years. That's fucking incredible. That's bananas to me that you you can tap into such a strong athletic mindset. Let's talk about that. What what was it like from not doing anything from breaking your hand in seventh grade gymnastics? Tumbling. Tumbling to all of a sudden doing full marathons and and understanding what it's like to be an athlete? Um, I think, one, first, I really appreciate you saying that. I, I used to have a lot of this, like, imposter syndrome um, because I didn't grow up as an athlete, and I feel like Seattle, a lot of the fitness individuals, including my really good girlfriends, all were actually college athletes or, mm. you know, athletic their whole lives. Like, I mean, honestly, most of the girls I run with either were, like, soccer or rowing or, you know, college track and field, and and I had a lot of like 
like, do I deserve a seat at the table kind of moments, right? Um, and and so I appreciate you saying that. Um, yeah, first of all, you, some time to like. Yes, you do. Just saying, yes, you do. Thank you. you. See it at the table. Thank but, you. Yeah. Uh, it like it's taken time to like feel like I I do. Like I, I remember even when I first started teaching, I was like, like me, like, you know, like why, like who's gonna take advice from me? Um, but I have a very different mindset now. But I'm just saying, like earlier on. Mm. Um, but I think for me, always like working in healthcare, um, I see like the like the worst of the worst, especially this past year. Um, mm. I see a lot of very sick individuals. I do primary care, which is like um, uh, adult medicine or family medicine, like like what you would go see your doctor for. But I work in um, the refugee clinic, essentially at Harborview. It's all international, non-English speaking patients. Um, and I uh, provide care for them. And so, you know, I see a lot of people that have chronic health issues, but then on top of that, acute issues, and a lot of them that can't move or can't do the basic things we take for granted. Mm. Um, and so for me, I'd say that like is a big factor in, in my mindset is it's truly a you don't have to you get to. And mm. I say that all the time and maybe almost like preach it sometimes. But when you are, when you work in a hospital, like you're not, people don't go to the hospital because they're feeling good. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, that's just the reality of it. Um, and so when I came here and to Seattle, it was for my pharmacy residency. And one, and I didn't know anyone. I came here, I picked this program. I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to get out of my comfort zone. I wanted to leave my family, not because I don't love my family, but because they were so protective and so part of my life. And I've always been close to them. I was like, I need to like, become my own person mm. and um part of that was meeting people right like you and i'm midwest so i'm in your face meeting people um <laughs> and like you tell me you're like let's hang out and like but like you don't fall through i'm like i'm like hey hey it's even like we met like <laughs> like my husband's like you always used to pick up girls at the gym like that's what he said to me like that's how i like became friends with people <laughs> and he's like it's so funny watching you because you're he's like you're so awkward about it but like it's very non-seattle it's very yeah. non-seattle yeah. and so one of the girls that i met in my apartment complex at the time i lived in first hill and we all had dogs which was like how you met people as you now know as a dog owner yeah. like you're like you don't know the owner's name but you know their dog name 100 so-and-so's like owner um so ended up being a fitness instructor um and she had was a runner and she and I had told her like oh like I've always wanted to do these things but I just like don't know if I can and so she uh essentially encouraged me to come take one of her classes or go to her gym with her at rival fitness um in in Capitol Hill and it was humbling um I was I did not have like coming from Wisconsin not a fitness background yeah you're like I just like, started like doing a group fitness class but it was good we went in the middle of the day which I actually love smaller classes because like mm -hmm. you're newer you have more one-on-one -on -one time with the instructor you get you, you get more of that connection yeah. versus in a big full class like some people love big full classes and don't get me wrong I love teaching a full room but there's something so special about smaller groups um and so and I got that right like I've lived that life and so that I think created my mindset to like 
I've always been intense and type A and passionate. And so when I decide, I'm going to do something, Andy always says, like, he's like, if she decides she's going to do something, it's going to be a hundred percent. It's going to be the best of her ability. And so like when I was ready to be into fitness, as, we, as I like to call it, and, and tap into that, it's like, go hard or go home. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of how I view it. Like, I want to be the best version of myself. Am I going to be the best out there? No, but like the best that I can be, I'd like to be. Yeah, uh, that definitely shows, I think, if you follow Eva's on Instagram or go take her classes, I think you can get a sense of that pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, damn, so... It might, not be, it might not be for everyone. <laughs> no, it <laughs> is for everyone. That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, the, the style of classes you teach, like, tend towards that style. So it's great. Yeah. You, you ain't teaching yoga out here. <laughs> no, and I don't think anyone wants me to. <laughs> like I ratchet beat drop. Oh my gosh! Imagine crazy. Eva teaching yoga. I want to. I want to be in that class. It would have happen. to be like a. I don't even know. It would <laughs> have to be like some kind of hip hop flow. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I feel you. Uh, so damn, I got so many questions. Yeah, you you've you've had such a interesting childhood. Just it's like, do you have a therapist? It's like, no, no, it's like, uh, just you know, from Bosnia to Turkey to New York to Milwaukee to Tennessee, back to Milwaukee, some places in between, probably. This is just what we're talking about to Seattle. Where, where did you go to college? Was it? I went to Madison, the, yeah. the other UW, yeah, you know, Madison, mm-hmm. yep. Uh, so, uh, you're a Badger. I sure am. Yep. University of Wisconsin, for those of you who don't know. I have this weird thing of remembering mascots. It's so strange. Well, Bucky's pretty memorable. Yeah. Like, it's like, that's true. Bucky the Badger. And, know? and like Russell Wilson went there. So yes. I just automatically know, oh yeah, he's a Badger. Um, so did you come to Seattle when did you decide to come out to Seattle? Yeah. Um, so like I said, I applied for pharmacy residencies. It's similar to like yeah. other residencies for like for uh, uh, medical doctors. Mm. Um, and it's a match process. And so you, um, you interview, you get certain interviews and then you um, like they rank their candidates, you rank your places. And it's always like, don't rank somewhere you're not willing to move. Cause if you match, you're going there, you know, like that's right. kind of, the rule of thumb. Um, and so Seattle was my top choice. I picked UW Medicine and, and was very fortunate enough to, to match here for that. And that's what brought me out here. And um, I thought it would be like a couple of years because, again, very close to my family. Yeah. Like my mom, I think, was, I know, I know, was crying as I drove away to come to Seattle. <laughs> like literally tears coming down her, you know, cheeks in the driveway. Um, especially like, everything they've been through right to have family yeah. move away um it, it, it's a big deal it impacted you know uh them and and they ultimately as your as my parents my family is very caring and very close um yeah. like my mom just wants to support me and she's like you're going to be in residency which is so busy in a new city and we aren't there to help you you know like that's how she felt um she's like you're making things harder for yourself in life and she's like you always do that which is a true statement like but, you know, you got to learn somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, so, but I, so that I, was in 2013. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, yeah. I was just going to say, I think 
they're probably tears of pride too. They're probably so fucking proud of you for what you've been able to accomplish. Um, you know, our parents do their best if we're fortunate enough to have parents this way to make it easier for us. And so I think it's kind of our duty as kids to like do our best to show them how grateful we are for providing just, you know, if we have, if we're, again, if we're fortunate enough to have parents who give that support and and give that foundation for us and it's kind of our duty as their kids to like realize that full potential. So like kudos to you for doing that and, and continuing to do that. Um, so when, what did, what did the fitness trainer start to kick in? Um, I met one of my really good girlfriends here and she was instructing and I just was like, wow, that's, that's so rad. Like, um, and it, and more so because I think my outlook on fitness instructors is like everyone's in that room together, right. Working out. It's, you don't know what their day's been like, if it's a good day or a bad day or a really horrible day, you don't know what's going on in their life, but they're choosing to commit that time for themselves. Right. Mm. Like, it's to me, movement is medicine. It's um, a catalyst for change in your everyday. Um, and so I really, I've always looked up to people that are in that space that are, you know, instructors or leaders or um, community builders in that space, because I think you never know the impact you're having on someone just by creating that space, that opportunity. And for me, it was like my sanctuary um, going through like, the change of a new city and you know residency and change so many changes and 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 so for me when she suggested she's like I think you would be a good instructor and I was like hello me? Like, if people like being if people like being yelled at sure. <laughs> uh, which people do um, apparently there's a there's a apparently a job description for that <laughs> um and so um she said it and I was like oh I don't know and she kind of applied for me there's a gym um in Seattle called Baseline Fitness and um I was going there through class pass and I tried I kind of bounced all around the city doing I love class pass it's just like a way to meet people like I said I met hit on a lot of friends and met them through through group fitness um and and I really liked it because I had just gotten into running and so with Seattle being so wet and rainy and me being newer to it like it was like a way to run, but be indoors and still get strength work. Um, and so they were looking for an instructor and it was shortly after they opened. I started in, I think it was spring of 2017. And I had said like, I only want to be instructor if I'm going to get certified. I believe very much so in like knowledge is power and we should have credentials for probably mm. because I'm a pharmacist also, right? right? Like, mm, so I mm. believe in like having credentials and like yeah. a piece of paper to back what I do um, or really good real life experience. I don't, I don't, um, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. Right. Um, and so um, I, I was lucky enough it's a mom and pop kind of fitness studio that was around and um, they did in-house training. And so I did that. And um, that's kind of what led to me doing fitness or becoming a fitness instructor. I was at the time working, I graduated from residency and you know, was working a full-time pharmacy job, but I started teaching group fitness classes and met a lot of the people that I 
I love today and also met my running club through through teaching there because Ashley Davies was an instructor there and someone that I looked up to and kind of as a mentor in some ways, um, you know, helping give feedback on my classes. And um, she was like, hey, you like to run? Oh, you're running Boston Marathon. It's me and another friend are running the Boston Marathon. Um, you should come out and run with us. We just started this run club. And so, so many, you know, when you don't close yourself off to an opportunity like that and you just remain open, I think there's just so an abundance of, of more like ways to grow and get involved. If that, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Uh, kind of piggybacking off of that. If, if someone's listening to this and they're like, Oh, I want to make the jump to be a fitness instructor. Mm-hmm. What you just said is a great piece of advice. Is would that be your advice to them, if if someone was like, "Oh, I'm thinking about, but I'm not sure. I don't know if I can do it. I don't have a fitness background, but I really want to do it." What, yeah. what would you tell them? I think wow, it's a lot to answer. Um, yeah. First, I think, why not you? Like, why not you? Because I wish someone had, you know, someone did say that to me. They're like, "Why not you?" Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And like, you think about it, like we all have something unique to share and bring to the table and can only grow and be better by all the connections that we make. Um, and that's why there are so many different types of styles and workouts and instructors, right? Cause there's something for everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everyone's going to respond differently to different um, types of instructing and, and personalities. Um, so I say first, why not you? But second, it's, it's why do you want to do it? Because as you've even shared through your post, like when you become a fitness instructor, you said like you did your series, like, so you want to be a fitness instructor. Like it's a lot, right? It, you are programming, creating, you're staying up to date on, you know, one, like your continuing education. If you're certified, um, you're programming and trying to be innovative, but still be safe and, and teach the foundational functional movements. Mm. Like for me, that's important. Um, you have to think about how you use your voice and your platform. Um, it takes away from your own time to work out and be with family and friends. And a lot of times you're teaching weekends, right? And so that impacts that too. Um, so I think one, like, why not you? But also think about it as a whole. Like, I think sometimes people like glorify it. It's like, I want to be an influencer. I want to be a fitness instructor. It's not that. Like yeah. the true, like amazing people that are in the community doing it, don't do it for that right they do it to build community to provide education and resources and empower other people to move and feel confident um and so point. i think you i think you just have to think about it it's, it's always it's not it's never a simple yes or no in anything right. in life there's, there's so many layers to unpack. Right. yeah because i'm sure Tom Brady's the first person I heard say this. I'm sure he's not the first person ever to say this, but he's the first person I heard say it was when you say yes, or when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. So a hundred percent, you know, like he's to the, in context of what Tom Brady was saying, he was saying that I keep saying yes to football and I kept saying no to other things like family or like events for my family. Cause I continually keep saying yes to football. So he had to find this balance of being able to say no to some things in football. So he could say yes to some things in his family. So that's, that's such a great point that you bring up is that, and I think Seattle's very good at that. 
uh, versus in some markets. As far as, you know, getting into fitness for what I believe are the right reasons, you know, like you said, to build community, to help, to inspire, to motivate versus to try and become a celebrity or Insta famous or an influencer or whatever, you know. Uh, and if that's your thing, cool, whatever. You know, I'm not here to judge, yeah, but not, I'm not yeah. judging yeah. Yeah, like, That's just our everyone, philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, I really do like that you said that about the Tom Brady quote about the, you know, and I also think you can think about, about it like in opposite almost saying like, it's okay to say no because mm. you're saying no, you're saying yes to something. Else. Right, true, that's true. Something I've really like the pandemic and the past couple of years and becoming a mom has changed. You've got, you know, like I've taken breaks and taken time away and I've said no to things that are really important and part of my identity, but to like create space and opportunity to, to, to almost like be more in touch with myself and my family and, and just figure out what, what, what is important. There's things we think are important that we do all the time but they, they might not be, or they may be, but you, sometimes you need to, to say no to one thing to, in order to say yes to other. Yeah. What a, what a perfect segue because, <laughs> because you just recently became a mother. No. Uh, congrats. <laughs> hey, that's the truth. Uh, so, <laughs> um, what, A, when, when was Luca born and B, what are some things, major things that have changed for you since Luca's been born? So Luca was born in the peak of the pandemic. Um, he was born May 18th, 2020. So he is a year and a half old. Crazy. Time flies when you're, when you're in a pandemic having fun. True. That was a bad joke, obviously. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But, uh, and you, the second question you asked was like, what's changed or what's different? Is that? Yeah. Like a some ma- major, I mean, major key points. Yeah. Well, I think one thing is, is I think we're all somewhat, self- I mean, there's some people that are selfless, but we're all somewhat selfish with our time. Right. Um, and ultimately you make time for what you want to do. Like, that's just how I view it in life, True. or what you prioritize. And there are some things that you have to do, but having a kid really, puts that in perspective mm-hmm. um especially for us we have no family out here um it's just me and my husband like no family whatsoever in seattle <clears throat> and and so that with child care issues with the pandemic with like everything that layers in with that um is is definitely um been hard to navigate um one it's like who do you trust with your kid how do you manage your time and so for me i like i said just a bump around all around the city. I love taking other people's classes. I love visiting other studios and supporting other instructors and working out with friends and running. Um, and I, I really have to change how I work out, you know? Um, movement is, like I said, medicine. It really is for me. It grounds me. And especially running for me is so therapeutic. Most of the time I don't listen to anything. Now I've been listening more to podcasts or NPR mm. when I run just because there's like, again, time is limited. So it's like, this is how I can yeah, make yeah. things happen. Um, but I do like, like, it is important to me. And, um, and so I'd say that's the biggest thing that I, that's changed though, is how I view time and how I, how I fit movement into my day. And, um, like I said, having to say no to some things because my kid is my priority. Like mm-hmm. in the end of the day, like 
Luca is my number one priority. I love him so much. Like I get emotional when I talk about it. Like he has changed me. Like, seriously gonna cry. Hey. <laughs> um, I, I don't. I, I can uh, see why. Um, it changed me for the better. Um, it just made me a more patient person. Hmm. And my mom always said, like, God, I don't know why I'm so emotional, but she always said that, like, you won't understand love until you have your own kid. It's so true. Hmm. And there are days that it's, it tests you so much, right? Um, if you have a dog, you can only imagine, right? Like when they're puppy and they're getting into everything, um, but you love them still, right? You're like, you're pissed at them, but you love them. Mm. Um, and that's a toddler, but like on crack. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, and he knows that he's like, he's testing his limits and learning and it's good, right? You know, that's like them becoming a human, like, like learning um, those connections, but um, it really teaches you a lot. Yeah. Because you remember what it was like before and you had all this oh, yeah. time and kind of freedom in a sense. But like you said, it's been the biggest gift for you in, mm-hmm. in a different way. And oh, I can, I know you're and, just... And I, and I didn't know, I didn't know like that I would feel this way, right? Like you think, you, like that I'm not perfect. Like it's only like, you know, having kids is only right if you want to have kids. I, I 100% believe that be on your journey figure out when it's the right time for you if it's ever the right time um, I strongly feel that way but like I didn't know that I would be this kind of it's, <laughs> it's yeah yeah absolutely like it you it's something to know versus something to experience yeah right and that's a lot of life is that way like we can analytically know something like what you said we hear it all the time where it's like you don't really understand until you have your own like okay i've heard that so many times logically i I can understand that right like yeah absolutely yeah because logically i I can understand yeah you obviously you're you you never unless you walked a mile in someone's shoes you can't relate right like we all get that um but it is it's just been really special and like he's made us a family and Mm. um just change the way we prioritize even our relationship because it's like how we show up for ourselves and each other is going to reflect on who he who he is as true. an individual true what is one piece of advice for someone who's becoming a mom or thinking about becoming a mom and trying to keep up with their healthy active lifestyle well i'll give two pieces of advice my first is the the good days pass as quickly as the bad days so just remember that like even when it's it's a it's a bad moment you know like it will pass it too shall pass right um and give yourself grace and like there are times where i've had to walk away and be in a different room and take a breath or just like you know like they're you know you're you're navigating it you're you're figuring it out and um and so and you're learning along the way, you're always learning. Um, so that, and then um, I think the biggest thing is like, we all hear comparison is the thief of joy. But I think that even applies as a new mom, like you, like it's, it's not healthy to compare yourself now to who you were before, right? Or like who you were before baby. Like I, I get, maybe this will be politically incorrect, but I get really frustrated when people talk about the balance back or like getting to my pre-pregnancy body or weight. Like you had a huge life 
change. Like, I have a huge life event. Like, especially if you had a C-section, right? Like, that's an abdominal surgery or procedure. Um, you carry, it took nine months, nine, almost 10 months for this baby to, like, this perfect thing to be outside of you. And then people are so quick to wish it, like, their, their body to change or bounce back, which I hate. Um, because you're forever changed. Like so much of your life has changed for the better and it's going to take time. Um, I think it's just like, don't compare yourself unless it's just to see your progress and to like be proud of the progress and the steps you're taking. Um, but it's, it's humbling and it's going to be hard, but remember like you can do anything. Like I always say like you birth human, like you, you create a light, like you can do anything that you put your mind to um a lot a hell of a lot more than any man can say that's for damn sure (laughs) i mean you know (laughs) comes with the territory just comes with the parts (laughs) wow amazing but also kudos to new dads right like i don't like i always i do Mm. like to say like a lot of dads are like it's a change for everyone like it's true I, I do firmly believe like it's a lot on the woman, like your body changes, your like, you know, your time changes, everything, but like, like it, it impacts everyone. Like, yeah. you know, dads are out there doing hard work too and adapting. Yeah. And, 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 and so that's important. Shout out, to say. shout out to the new dads. Um, shoot. I was going to segue into something else and now I can't remember because you're just spitting hot fire out here. Um, you're, you're really just cooking it up. Um, that's so sweet. How's Kobe while you're, while you're figuring it out? Yeah, no, Kobe's doing good. He's only one year old. One year old? He just, he just turned two. He just turned two. Okay. So yeah. So we got him like a cake and, uh, got him like a raincoat. And some rain boots. He's so yeah. ready for Seattle. He's, he's really cute right now. Um, and he gets a haircut on Thursday. Um, cool. Uh, let's just move into quick hitters here. Our quick hitters. So there's three levels. Level one is really okay. easy. It's generally like one word answers. Okay. okay. Um, for, first few questions are like either or or would you rather. So pizza or pizza or tacos. I love pizza. We do Pizza Fridays every Friday. Yes. Friday. But sometimes we have to adapt and like change the day <laughs> of the week. Um, you know, can't be a stickler for rules. But um, we love to make cast iron pizzas. We're trying new pizza spots. Um, just, I love pizza. Do you have a favorite pizza spot? That's tough because I honestly like it depends on like the style of pizza that I'm in the mood for. Mm. Um, I live in Madison Valley and there's a really good local spot called Independent Pizza or Indie Pizza. It's down by Madison Park by the water and it literally it's like such a small little spot like I don't even know how many tables or chairs they have in there. They um, the guy goes I think back to Italy and studies like the craft and has like an intern that he's taught and it's just like, you know, supporting local small business and they just crank them out. And like some nights they're like, make a certain amount of dough. And like, if they run out of dough, it's like your SOL. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's the best Um, way to do it. But, um, that, that place is great. And then my girlfriend recently turned me on to Dantini pizza, uh, which is over by, um, inner Bay. Mm. And they have this, amazing garlic pepperoni pizza oh shit and they also have really good salads 
and they always have like a specialty pizza. So what we did is we ordered both pizzas, which is insane for two people. <laughs> um, but you know, then you have leftovers. Yeah. Then you have leftovers, and you don't have to fight over. Yeah. Yeah. I'm letting you know right now. If I order that, there will be no leftovers. Um. What? I mean, kudos to you. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you have a favorite like style of pizza? from Europe and like European, we tend to prefer like the thinner, you know, style yeah. with not a lot of sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't get me wrong. Like I love, like the pizza we make is always cast iron. It's like a good thick crust mm. and like just like loaded. So yeah, I'm not mad about that either. Cause I also like to dip my crust in ranch. Yeah. Ranch. Um, and so um, yeah, uh, it's bread. I love bread. Are, yeah. I know. For anyone who doesn't know, fries are Evis's favorite food. So if you ever, if you ever need to get like like that question, shouldn't even matter because it's fries, no matter what. Yeah, like always down to try different fries. Like if people tell me, "Oh, these are my favorite," I'm like, "We will be going there to try them." Yeah. Do you Do you have a favorite? What's Do you have a favorite like fry spot that comes to mind? I like fries in a few different places. Um, like my pizza. Um, because when you love a food, you just can't discriminate. Um, but I love, um, there's a burger spot that's like on Union, um, called Eco and they do tempura sweet potato fries. It's so good. Oh my um, God. So it's very aggressive though. Like, but like, it's good. Like you only need one order for two people because it's big and it's like it's, tempura fries. It's like, heavy. <laughs> it's heavy. It's not, it's not light. I mean, it's tempura, so I guess yeah. lightly fried. You're, you're, uh, lightly battered. And you're like, trust me, I know my fries. Um, so I like that, but I like other fries too. Nice. Oh, uh, okay. Wow. All right. Uh, are you a texter or a caller? It really depends. I talk to my mom every day. My parents every day. I don't know how so many people in their thirties can say that. Um, literally, if I don't call within a couple of days, she's called my husband to threaten about my life. <laughs> Is she alive? Um, and so, um, yeah, so I like depending on, you know, the person like calls, um, but I do text quite a bit and I do voice text too. Ooh, um, yeah. But if you're like wanting to talk to me now that I'm a mom, I will say like a call is better because I'll yeah. usually like AirPods on a walk. Um, like I read text and I wish text had like the same thing as like Instagram where I can work it as unread, not because I'm being an asshole, but because right. I'm like, shit, I just read it. And now I'm going to forget to respond. Yep. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, would you rather spend time on the beach or like in nature, like forest and mountains and shit? Nature. hundred percent nature. Love hiking. Um, summoning Mount Rainier is still one of the coolest things I've done. Um, Damn, that's like, cool. Just love, love, love. I want to do more, more peaks, more mountaineering. I love, I love being outside. Love, love trail running too. New, new to that. Um, I think that's like combining two of my things, you know, like, or actually three, cause like hella good snacks in the trail running community. Like they know how to have their aid station. It's not True. like gels. It's like, here's potato chips. Yeah. Here's, here's this. Like literally the one in Sid Rock, like you had breakfast burritos when you finished. I'm like, I'm here for this. Fuck yeah. Like, I don't need a medal. Like, yeah. give me a breakfast. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We just, yeah, that's what it should be. Uh, would you rather explore the ocean or space? Ocean. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Ocean. I think just, like, you know there's so, like, the ocean is so vast, and you know yeah. there's so much life down there, mm. um, and, like, these ecosystems, and just, like, it's, you know, I don't know, like, 
you watch Finding Nemo even, or like the little kid yeah. movie Luca, and it's like this whole other world. Like I don't know, like maybe Little Mermaid's real, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. yeah. Uh, like who knows? What's who knows? There? Yeah, exactly. It's like I mean, if they're like underwater aliens. If aliens can exist out in the universe, like who's to say mermaids don't exist under? And just like nature, the fact that I love being outside and connected, like space yeah. feels like you'd have to be in this like sterile environment almost. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. like yeah. like just like you when you want to be able to like breathe. I don't know. I'm sure there's a way, but like yeah. they'll like, figure it out. I'll just be dead. But yeah. They'll figure it out. yeah, great. Uh, okay, moving on. Level two. So a little longer than one word answers, but still kind of fun. Uh, what would your superhero t- ability be if you could have one? That's a hard one. Um, I think something I've been working on is being a better listener. Um, mm. I, because I've always used talking and being like being communicative intense um, um <laughs> I, I like all of that is my personality which like is I think intimidating until you meet me and then you realize like totally it's not it doesn't need to be but um I'm working on being a better listener just like taking moments to pause I tend to like feel like I have to say um my husband's analyzed this too but like feel like I have to say what I'm gonna say or justify it like almost have like a reason just instead of just like stating it and I think yeah. part of that comes with like being a better listener like I mm-hmm. I think a lot of problems and issues would be prevented, not even solved, if we all took better time to listen. Mm. Yeah, good point. Maybe like your childhood, maybe that stems from your childhood, right? Always wanting to like mm-hmm. reach out and talk and be friendly and yeah. It's almost like creating a distraction, right? Like yeah. If you're talking, then people aren't maybe noticing yeah. like all the things. Um, just, you know, harder coming here, not speaking normal language and being different. Yep. That's uh, something I appreciate so much now. But yeah, I feel you. Harder. I feel you. Uh, what We talked about fries being your favorite food. Do you have a favorite meal? Um, oh, gosh. I love really good fries. <laughs> like, surprise. <laughs> no. Really good fries. <laughs> But also with, like, a good salad. And I'm talking about, like, mm. people, like, I feel like bash salads. But, like, if you do a good salad, like, give me a salad with, like, like hearty grilled protein. Yeah. yeah. Some dates, some fruit, some avocado, some nuts, some crunch, some cheese. Like, I want it to be, like, you took your meal and you chopped it up and made it. Yeah. <laughs> just throw some lettuce like, on there. <laughs> yeah. Like, like sprinkle it. Maybe, like, some <laughs> shavings of kale. Essence of kale. Um, but, no, like... I love, like, because I love dips and dressings and yeah. sauces, so, like, salads, it's, like, you can make, like, you know, you can make it, like, a Thai vibe, you can make it, you know, a Mediterranean vibe, you can True. do so much, and so, that's why I like it, and also, like, you can do it in the winter, like, party, yep. or you can do a nice summer one, not even, it's not even, like, a health thing, it's just, I love textures and layers, yeah. and, um, and I was so gonna, that's what I love, I was, it's, but with fries. Yeah, 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 just with side fries. <laughs> like a bucket. <laughs> Well, because almost as controversial as pineapple on pizza, not quite, because that's probably the most controversial. Uh, people don't like fruit on their salads. I know. I find that interesting. Yeah. It's so, but you are, you are a fruit person. You don't mind fruit on your salad. I don't mind it, especially salads when you have like roasted yeah. veggies and then you add like some pomegranate arils or like 
um, mm. when peaches are in season or there's a really good barefoot contessa salad that's um, watermelon with freshly shaved parmesan and mm. arugula it's so good sounds amazing um, but but yeah so like i don't mind it no i'm here i welcome all salads uh do you have any hidden talents that not a lot of no. people know about like so <laughs> Well, I'll tell you um, what, you tapped into your hidden talent later on in life, which was like fucking running like a savage. Um, yeah, I don't think I have any hidden talents. I feel like people know it. Like, I, I really do love to yeah. cook, and that comes from my family. Um, yeah. But, like, most of the time I truly am, like, and I'm not, but I'm not great. Like, I don't know. I'm good at it. Like, I'm a good cook. Um, but, like, that's I don't a good one. experimenting. Yeah, that's a good like, one. But I don't think it's hidden. Like, people know that about me. Like, I but, like, I'm saying, stuff. like, you know, for someone who's listening to this who takes your classes. Yeah. Type thing. Oh, I love food. Like, yeah. always, like, I, I work out because I love food so much. Mm. Like, I've always said, like, I wish I was a cow and I had multiple stuff. Like, this <laughs> my, like, worst moment when I'm, like, so full but the food's still so good and you yeah. want another bite. Like, I literally am, like, what? <laughs> I mean. Um... Any current TV shows or podcasts you're watching or listening to, binge watching? So, um, I love podcasts. I listen to a few. I've actually been listening to yours more recently because it's newer. Um, and so I've been listening oh, to so that. Sweet. So I love, I've been, I have been listening to that. Um, but I listened to one called Allie on the Run. Um, and she, it's all about like life on the run and beyond. And she interviews everything from like Olympic, you know, athletes to like everyday runners and people in the running community um and it's like sharing their story and how running kind of interweaves and cool. like plays a role and sometimes they're more run focused and sometimes they're more like life focused it just depends on yeah, you yeah, know yeah. like the individual but it's really inspiring especially um when there's like other moms on there or um mm. just hearing people's stories and so she did there's a humans in new york her individual who's a physician was featured and she, and she ended up interviewing her or she's a PA actually I think. maybe a nurse practitioner but she's like a, a provider in New York and like she was featured on humans in New York the Instagram and then she interviewed her it's just like a cool way to, to learn more people um and then tv show I am a Netflix binger. like I, I like my husband and I that's like how we unwind um not every night, but we definitely when we get hooked on a TV show, it's like, yeah. two, like oh my god, we need another one. It's never one episode; it's always two. <laughs> yeah. Like it's without fail. Like doesn't matter if I have to like be up early, except for when I teach five a.m. I'm like Andy, we're cutting it yeah. down. We're cutting it off. Um, but we've been watching um, Vikings. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of it. Like, yeah, I totally. Love, like Games of Thronesy vibes. Yep. Like Ragnar and like Uhtred, son of Uhtred, the Last Kingdom. Like I love, I geek out on stuff like that. Like, so much um so we we just have been like watching vikings lately that's been the most recent awesome i'll have to check it out uh this one's a little tough mount mount rushmore musical artist so your mount rushmore could be like top influential or your top listen to your favorite artist it's totally up to you so who's on your mount rushmore okay this is hard for me yeah i know this um, is hard is really hard especially like when you playlist and you pull from so many people um missy elliott like i think i've played lose control or a remix mm. of lose control mm. more times than like anyone in a class like i just i mean i love like so many of our songs but i'm just yeah. saying like like you know pass the dutch like all yeah. that stuff. like it's just she's got so many um even like collaborations with sierra and people um 
So Missy Elliott, for sure. Um, I think in general, like 2000s music was just like more upbeat. Like, let's be real. True. Um, so her, um, I I love Beyonce. Like, mm. who doesn't? Yeah. I mean, I guess there's every once in a while, like someone. Um, but but I really do. Like, I, I love so much of her music. So Missy, Beyonce. Um, I mean, starting with it'd those. It'd have to be, like, yeah, it'd have to be some kind of, some, like, honestly, like, probably rapper. I listen, like, you know, like, I love hip-hop and right. rap. Um, I'm just trying to think of who it would be, like, I would say that's, like, influential or that I listen to a lot. And I like, want to look at my, like, listening history to see, <laughs> see who it would be. But, like, TBD, I mean, I love, like, Ludacris, Nelly. Um, Ooh. I love, like, honestly, like, I love, like, Ti Buster Rhymes like but I don't I don't know like I would just have to like yeah think about it. I, I can't pick one right now um but like like old school right like that's yeah. kind of where I'm leaning towards and then fourth fourth one fourth yeah said, right yeah, yeah um this is gonna be controversial and weird but I actually have a really hard time sleeping I always have um <laughs> like I was like my Spotify and rap would be hilarious because ocean waves. <laughs> sound of ocean waves crashing yeah um but like i'm it's influential because like i need it to function <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> like I, this is like I, spotify wrapped like you know <laughs> yeah, yeah like welcome to, to to that so um honestly like i listen to like an ocean wave like and i love that's why when you ask about like ocean or you know space yeah like, amazing ocean like i that is like zen to me yeah. um so you know, not, not influential, but like also, like I think it just makes you focus on your breath and like get to yourself mm, and true. like all of that. So yeah, probably my, like the most geriatric answer to your question you got. It was <laughs> ocean waves. That's <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, uh, amazing. Uh, dream dinner guests. Who would you want at the dinner table? It could be one, two, up to you. Dead or alive? Fiction. It could be fake. By the way, this is the first time asking this question, so. You're the first. No, it's fine. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Who would I want at the dinner table? Um, I think, like, it would be really interesting to have someone like Ruth Ginsburg. Like, you know, like, mm. like, um, like just, like, who lives such a, such an influential life and, like, been involved in so much of history, yeah. truly. Um, just to be around that, like mindset. Be that grandma, yeah, <laughs> that grandma that would give you like such good advice, but listen, yeah, and like ask, ask you questions that would challenge you to think differently. So, True. I think that would be it. That's a good one. I mean, there'd be other people, there's a lot of people. Can I have like a buffet, like with a yeah, lot of people? Absolutely, on the table? absolutely. But had, but, yeah, but that's, that's the one that comes to mind. Yeah, you got a great hall to fill. Um, all right. We're moving on to level three. We're running up against time. Sorry. I, we just, no, just been no, you're fine. Uh, talking so awesome. This has been great. Uh, I just want to be respectful of your time. What advice would you give to your younger self? Little little young Eva running around in Tennessee. and All over the place. Not running, though. Yeah, not running. Just, you know, in a cast um... with their broken arm. would be to really 
own your power, own who you are. Um, there's so much in my life that I was, like I said, not confident and like didn't believe in myself or felt different or unique. And, but at the time thought it was like a deficit, um, you know, just like from the background that I came from, like not having a lot and um, being just foreign and different. Um, and like used to like almost not be embarrassed because I, I was never like embarrassed by my family or who I am, but like aware self-conscious yeah. I guess of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and so whereas now I'm like that makes me who I am and has given me empathy and life experiences and, mm. and shaped a lot of who I am. Um and so like I think just if I realized that sooner and like um but also like I've always been a goal oriented and a planner. It's like, and it's good to have plans, but the plans should be flexible, right? Like you need to be open to the other opportunities that come. And if you're so fixated on one path or one plan, like you're going to miss other opportunities. And, mm. and, and I, so I think those would be the two, like that would be what I would say. Good one. What are, speaking of goals and stuff, what are some short-term and some long-term goals? Like maybe in the next half year and then maybe next five, 10 years. Um, I try and do a certification every year and something that is relevant to my life. So um, I did, I do um, Ula and us, or for Love America and us, and I did a pre and postpartum cert for that um, last year. Um, I just did a nutrition cert this year. And I really think I want to do um, a running coach cert. I, I want to, I've been talking to some friends that are running coaches and looking at different programs. And I love running. I'm really passionate about it. Um, I've talked with Ashley about like finding more ways to be involved with that, not mm. just providing education and knowledge to other runners in the community. You're great um, at it. And so, thank you. Um, so that, that would be a short-term goal. Um, and then long-term goals. Um, I, I really want to create a resource, like an educational resource, whether it's a lecture series or a podcast or just like some way of disseminating information, but that relates to like wellness for women. Um, and especially focusing on like postpartum, I think there's a lot of room for improvement in that space and just like, um, cueing correctly, um, even recovery, um, progress, progressing, right? Like so many people like return to fitness too soon or without any direction really um and and just like the foundations of strength and and even like nutrition and fueling and all that goes into it um so i'd like to do that um and also find a way to consistently give back through ula and us we've always done fundraisers where we gave 25 percent or more of our proceeds to charities local nonprofit charities in the seattle area um, and then with COVID, we, we stopped doing a lot of, of that um, because we couldn't host events or we found other ways. We did virtual wellness weekends, right. but giving back always been really important to me. So I'm trying to figure out, um, I guess that would be a short-term slash long-term, but like a way to consistently give back because I think mm. it's so important um, to do that. Super inspiring. Um, you guys, you kind of have this next question. You guys you kind of have uh, like your own foundation, your own thing with Ula. Um, tell us, uh, tell us, cause the next question is if you were to start a charity or an organization, what would you do? Mm-hmm. Just go ahead and tell, tell the listeners about what Ula is about, like your mission behind Ula and things like that. Um, Ula started 
started with my girlfriend, Christy, and I, um, we actually met and just felt like um, that wellness or fitness, wellness and fitness are very different, but fitness um, space was always this like all or nothing or you have to fit a certain aesthetic and um, be able to do things a certain way to be like in the traditional view of fit, right? Or identify as being fit. And for us, it was more about like creating opportunities to move your body um and and so we did lots of uh, workouts at breweries mm-hmm. and like just made them fun and like way to have movement and like socialize and build community um but then it's evolved because we've both since become mothers and that's become a huge part and our whole mis- mission or one of our visions is um that self-care isn't selfish like to in order to give to others you have to give to yourself first mm-hmm. right and we have these pillars and it's get outside, sweat, get food and mom up. And so um, we essentially like focus on each of those pillars in different ways. Um, but it's basically like providing resources, education, um, uh, recipes, all of that. Um, and it is targeted more towards women and post, we're definitely targeting more towards pre and postpartum um, now that it's evolved to that. Um, but going off of that with like a charity, you were saying like what, like what I would want to start uh, uh, for me I think there's a lot of disparities um, in fitness and in healthcare especially for minorities and underserved populations I work with all minority and underserved populations and um, I think um, just creating a charity that gave back to women especially um, in that group or that setting, but not only just like gave financially, I think education is so important. So like providing them with education and resources on how to, to do the things, you know, money can only get you so far. Like you, cool. like you, you need to know how to like integrate it. And I think a lot of these refugee um, and um, other ethnic background um, individuals tend to not have the education and resources or maybe aren't as served in the pop, in the community with like accessing fitness studios or those spaces. And, and it's in those populations, it's even more important because they might not have the access to, to nutrition or care or resources the way other people do that are privileged. Um, so I'd love to have like a way to do that where it's like mining both of my worlds. Mm. In a way. Yeah, that would be, you're not alone. You're not alone. I feel like, I feel like something, something's going to come. That's going to be amazing. Um, what's one thing you would change in the fitness industry? Might have more than one, but one thing. Um, that's a tough one. Mm. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing to change. Um, I think the, you have to be all or none mentality. I think people are like, oh, I'm not, you know, people going into fitness feel like I'm not fit enough to, to do that or to take that class or to be in that activity. But it's like, why is that? Why is that the opinion? Why is that the way people feel? Like, what are we doing wrong as instructors or as an industry where people feel like they have to be at a certain fitness level to come exercise and move? And, and so I think it's more about creating access and education about the foundations mm. of, of movement and how to progress. Um, like we all started somewhere, right? Like, um, and, and just cause someone looks fit doesn't mean that they can necessarily 
educate other people on how to be fit. But like, I think this like all or none mentality for, for all of us, like even like as an instructor, like you should coach to like, and this might be controversial the way I say it, not the best with words always, but like the lowest common denominator, meaning like the person that has the least experience in that room should still feel comfortable doing the exercises that you're, that you're educating them on or, or recommending. And if they, if they aren't doing it, like you shouldn't get frustrated. You should look at like, why is it the way I, the way I described it? Is it the way I did or did not demo it? Um, is it because it's not modifiable, right? Like you're advanced. People will always know how to progress or advance. Like they'll know to lift a heavier weight or sprint faster or harder, but your newer individuals or people with injury or just maybe don't feel as comfortable in that space because they look around and the bodies in the room don't look like their body. Like there's a lot to unpack here, but I think just like that all or none mentality um, and like the basics and the education, I think that's something I would change because I've taken a lot of classes and I feel like people tend to coach because of like, the environment or the energy they're trying to portray but like you forget that like there are individuals that are looking to you for how to do something correctly and might not feel comfortable when you're when you're coaching it a certain way Um, red in new york there's a fitness instructor that had started like doing um walks in the different boroughs or neighborhoods just to get people from the community like comfortable just like moving like organizing like one hour walks mm. wasn't even a run but just like to get different people like comfortable moving yeah. in a social setting it's just like you have to start at the basics right true. true good stuff good stuff uh what's your why what pulls you out of bed at 4 30 in the morning my story um my family, what they did, what they sacrificed, um, everything they've done to get me to the, where I am today, like the life I live, like they, they up and left everything they knew and started over. Um, and they've never made us feel pressure because of that, like us kids, but like, it's a part of my story and, and you can't not know what your family sacrificed for you and not feel grateful and, want to show up like I always say like you woke up today if you're able you don't have to you get to right but, like yep. we get to do it like like you, you get to run you get to lift heavy you get to do things and it's not a have to love that love that super good stuff uh last couple things who would you like to hear on the off the waitlist podcast and you have to help me get them on I love Robel Waldo. He's mm. um, founder. Of, I'm sure you know Robel. Um, yeah. Or founder of Athletic Form. He's just he's got such a great energy. Um, he's a man. And just so good in the community. So I'd love to hear more um, about his story. And then uh, Anna uh, from Take Care Yoga. She is just such a wonderful human. Like her, her energy and presence. Um, is so warm and welcoming and like just has some really good realness that she that she shares and when she practices yoga talks to you so um, those are two people love it love it i'm building up the courage to ask her about (laughs) he's so nice yeah he is very nice um finally oh we made it this has been so so great uh so much insight love hearing your story Love getting to know you on a deeper level. Like we've known each other for a while now. We've crossed paths a bunch of times. We've worked together now. So just super grateful for your time. 
let the people know where they can find you, how they can connect with you, your Instagram, all that stuff. I don't call it self-promotion because I'm forcing you to do it. Go for it. Well, first, thank you um, for welcoming me into this space. I really do feel honored and, and lucky to, to talk with you this way and get to listen to the other individuals that you're talking with, too. I think we can learn so much from each other. Mm. Um, but my Instagram is evis, I-V-E-S, dot pots. Um, so you can find me there. Um, I teach at Barry. Um, and so I teach Tuesday, Thursdays there, come on in. Um, and I run with DSRD. So Monday nights and Saturdays, long run days, um, love the crew. Like they are shaped me into a lot of who I am today. Um, so that would be where you can find me. Awesome. Ooh, that went over by a lot, but thank you for, <laughs> thank you for, no, that's, that's my bad. Like, I just love the conversation that we were having and uh, I think it's going to provide so much value for people listening. So thank you for staying on for longer than <laughs> I had anticipated. Uh, no, thank you. I know. And I'm a talker, so I didn't help. I know. I no, it was, oh no, it was, it you should have been flashing. 15. Yeah. Like you should have been just been like, let's wrap it up. The music. The music comes on. <laughs> No, it was perfect. It was perfect. I'm so grateful for you. Uh, be sure you go check out Evis, uh, whether it's at her class, at an ULA event, or uh, at CSRD. Um, super grateful for you. Thank you so much for doing this, and we'll see you soon. Thank you, Moses. All right. Thank you. Bye.